Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Riding back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're welcoming back RSPA legal counsel, Jill Miller, who has joined us previously on the Trusted Advisor, not once, not twice, but three <laughs> times before. Jill, great to talk with you again. Hello, thanks for having me back. Sure, happy to do it. And we're gonna talk about compliance in a little bit, but I'm curious, what have, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, our paths haven't been able to cross since retail now uh, in mm -hmm. Nashville uh, in late July. So what have you been up to? Well, I'm just been busy following up with the people I met at retail now. I've been to a couple other trade shows, which have all been um, safe. I'm, you know, fully vaccinated. Um, although wearing my mask on the plane uh, is to avoid getting in any trouble. Um, you know, my daughter's back in school full time and uh, just hoping soon that there'll be a vaccination for her and um just enjoying michigan fall and um you know working uh diligently trying to um you know help members as well as um you know have a work-life balance great wonderful for those who don't know jill so she's a member of the bodman law firm in detroit she's also chair of the firm's data privacy and security group and she's dedicated her legal career to representing entrepreneurs and companies that serve the retail vertical so always a uh, uh, a sector especially with payments involved that you got to keep up with and it'll it'll keep you busy so i uh, want to let our listeners know this is a special members only episode of the trusted advisor so everyone can listen to jill's answers to our first few questions but only rsp members have access to the full episode and if you're not part of the association you should be for a variety of reasons and an rsp membership has never been more valuable or affordable starting at just 250 dollars a year if you want to receive all the benefits of an rsp membership including this full interview email membership at gorspa.org and we want to thank our sponsors who support the rsp community and make this podcast and video series possible our platinum sponsors are blue star and shift for payments our gold sponsors are Heartland and ScantSource. All right, Jill, as I mentioned, our topic for today is compliance, and that's in part because RSP Academy Accelerate, our online learning program, has just added compliance modules about preventing workplace harassment and discrimination. And that's training that I think is not just something good to have and nice to have thing. I think it's necessary for every business. And part of the reason I say that is I'm the former president of an SMB company, and I learned that you need to provide training about harassment and discrimination to your team, not just once, right, but every year or every few quarters. And mm -hmm. I, it just seems like that's an important first step towards creating the right work environment and protecting your company from legal exposure. So Jill, do you think I'm, like, is my viewpoint on that accurate? Do you think I'm understating it, overstating it? What are your thoughts on on that? Well, I mean, think about the the, stakeholders in our company right we have employees we have our customers um and we need to give our employees a safe productive environment and you know um somebody might think that what how they're acting is not inappropriate when in fact it could be considered that way and so you know i don't think um training on a consistent basis is anything but helpful it really helps to bring the issues to light it often brings um, an environment in which an employee feels now that they can say something um, and it just gives people uh, the tools to know how to conduct themselves um, in you know the year 2021 
brain, it seems like how they should behave and then also what behavior they should expect from those constituents that you mentioned. Like one thing I remember is hearing stories about, and we alluded to this on, on a prior episode of, of the podcast, talking about women, you know, and going to trade shows where they would talk with, again, it was men who were talking to these women inappropriately, but they're right. like, well, they're a prospect or they're a customer of ours. And so I really, I guess I have to put up with it. And so having that training allowed us the opportunity to say, you do not have to put up with this from anybody whatsoever. Like if you experience right. this, whether it's in the office, you know, on the phone at a trade show, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we will have your back. Uh, That's on that. right. Right. And without penalty, right. Or without repercussions. And so I think it also speaks to every employee you know we have a lot of different categories right we have of people we have different race religion gender um you know and um gender identity there's a lot of things that are you know really becoming in the forefront um of society that you know many people haven't experienced before in their personal life but you have to it doesn't give you an excuse not to properly um treat and address um, the people in your um, business life or in your personal life for that matter. Yep, there's all the, oh, the, these are my buddies, right? We're able to talk like that with our buddies. Right. They're your coworkers as well and you have other coworkers and mm -hmm. you gotta make sure like there's a standard and you, you have to be clear uh, with right. it. So, and so we're talking about, you know, harassment. That's a lot of times what folks, uh, you know, right on the, the tip of the spear, I guess. So, but what do you yes. see as the most common blind spot or blind spots that you've seen, your firm has seen in SMB companies, just when it comes to compliance in general? I think it goes back to, um, you know, we're all, we're just a small community. It's fine, right? There's only 10 of us. They don't mind being talked to like that. It's okay. You know, it's the old boys club and, or the old girls club, you know, depending on what the makeup of your company is. And I think it's really saying, um, all of these issues apply to any size company. And if you have um, a rogue employee who is not being um, taken to task for these behaviors, or if you have an employee who feels that they can't speak up, um, it becomes a very toxic environment, especially in a, in a small company, right? When you're faced with that person across the desk from you every single day, I think in all in my experience in all business and all personal life we want everybody to be sex, sex successful right i mean nobody wants somebody else to fail or to feel poorly when when we are comfortable when we are um uh, feel that we are we are secure we perform um to the best of our ability and so it really benefits the entity as well as the individuals that you're employing or the vendors or customers that are coming into your business. Yeah, the old Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You won't be able to concentrate on your right. work or, or things like that if you're, you know, hungry or unsafe or yes. you know, you don't have a roof over your head. Uh, things right. like that. Something that jumped out to me when you said you said one rogue employee and so mm -hmm. oftentimes that's true like it's not like well you know half our people are following the rules or two-thirds of them are, are compliant you've got to have 100 percent compliance and yes. i guess what i've seen is i'm not talking about the rsp in particular but all smbs oftentimes it seems like that one employee is the owner right where they say i'm the owner this is my business it's my building i can do what i want and this example mm -hmm. is from outside the space but i remember talking yes. to somebody at 
a, a local company here that's been very successful and talking about inappropriate emails that the owner was sending to a whole bunch of people. He just thought that they were funny jokes, but they were clearly, I mean, not just a little bit over the line, like they were far, far right. over the line. So I guess, what do you say to an owner who thinks I'm good, it's my company, but are there, can you talk to them, I guess, about what other things they need to comply with or, or how they need to think about that differently? Yeah, I mean, they're, they could be sued, right? They could have a claim against them. That could they, Their brand and reputation can be severely damaged. And so if the, their pocketbook is one of the only things that speak to them, you know, having um, employees in this kind of environment that's acceptable, they're not going to have their employees around too long. And those employees will have a claim. And... You know, there's some, um, I think people are coming to, um, you know, the, the, the hashtag, you know, me too movements, you know, you know, there's, I think it's the world is changing, albeit slowly. Um, and it's just not acceptable. Um, you know, it's never been acceptable, but it's even um, much more on the front page right. news as opposed right. to just in the back office discussion. No, I'm, I, I like how you said that in terms of like, it's never been acceptable, but it actually has been accepted because a lot of times there wasn't uh, an awareness of it. And so one thing, this is kind of like how one conversation kind of leads into another. I was talking to somebody in the HR world in our space, and we were talking about, you know, employee excuses. And I don't know, Jill, if I ever shared with you, my first full-time job out of college, I was working, uh, assigning temporaries for a temp firm, a staffing mm -hmm. firm. And mm -hmm. we would get all sorts of excuses like and so I started tracking them and this is going back 1992 1993 and some of the excuses are just flat out humorous like somebody wouldn't show up for work you'd call them up why don't you show up for work and they said well that was an imposter who answered the phone and it wasn't me it's like no no I talked to you um but right. I was just reviewing that list because I was sending it to this member because they wanted to see you know what they were again because the humorous ones jump out but as I was reviewing it you know, again, we put everything on there, you know, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, all the excuses like there are things on there that said people grabbing each other's butts at that shop. Right. Like that's why they wouldn't go. I yeah. went there for one day and I recognized somebody who assaulted me. I remember one time there was um, somebody who was a refugee. And so we had these refugees who were going to these shops that were, you know, apparently weren't open to different ethnicities and there was a false accusation there about some mm -hmm. sort of harassment claim and like the person can't even comprehend and didn't even know how to defend themselves and so i guess it just it almost said to me like these things have been going on for quite a while but before i think a lot of people were like oh you know i don't say boys will be boys or that's just the way it is or but now right. people are saying you don't have to stand for that and that mm -hmm. is that i guess what is what is your take on that that again the, the behaviors have been there for a while, but now it's really starting to be like in the forefront unacceptable. Yeah, I think so. I think people feel more power, right? They feel individual power. They feel like they're listened to. And, and an employee who's at an, a company where there's a policy and there's been training and there's been um, sort of raising a, a flag to say, we this is important to us. You know, there's more companies doing that and therefore people feel again safe to report an issue and so that's the change i see is that really the education which establishes sort of um a um and um oh god well, all of a sudden i've lost my word like a, a baseline or yeah and sort of a of a of a way in which people can actually come to uh yeah. leadership and say this is not working for me 
And so um, that's the difference, I think, is really when a company stands behind training, um, uh, protection, safety, and um, discipline for those kinds of behaviors, an individual is much more comfortable in coming forward. And that's what you need. You need an environment in which the rules are established, right? People are trained on those rules and there's enforcement. That's what you need for employees and individuals to feel comfortable that they can um, speak up when they're treated improperly in any type of harassment. Mm -hmm. Yep. And bad news never ages well. So when something happens, you need to find out about it right away and yes. address that one incident, which, again, that's not a good situation, but it's way better than somebody coming two years later and saying, here are the hundred things right. that have happened. Right. And that's like, you know, right. the NCAA calls that lack of institutional control. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, uh, courts uh, frown upon that as well. So, so we just. Right. It's scary for an individual to do, you know, to sort of stand up for themselves. But if you create an environment, that was my word, yes. in okay. which you know, people feel safe and comfortable and confident to um, protect themselves, that's what you want to provide. That's what that's you right. really, that's the goal, provide that yep. environment. Show them the path to communicate uh, yes. if they have a question or, or a concern or need to report something. So, all right. So that was talking about blind spot. So what do you do about that? Like what specific steps should our listeners and viewers take to fill in those gaps and make sure that they're addressing those blind spots? Well, right. I mean, we just launched the Accelerate um, Educational, right? And I was looking at that and it's very comprehensive. It's very um, plain English. It is um, giving, you know, like all kind of training. I, I don't know about the viewers out there or you, but every time I attend a training, even if it's a 10 minute training, there's always something that sort of pops up, right? To remind you or to get your brain thinking um, of what it is um, you can change in your business or in your personal life. And so those that Accelerate training is really comprehensive and really well done. Um, that's a great starting point. Um, and I'm not just saying that to say, oh, check out Accelerate. I really yeah. do believe that that is a comprehensive program and can help any size business um, with training and developing a program to um, implement in their company. Great. And is there anything you do after that? Like, is there something in terms of putting uh, some direct information in your handbook? Like, is that something oh, that you have as a reference tool? Procedures. Sorry to overrun you, but policies and procedures, okay. you've got to have them, right? You've got to sort of document and put in writing what it is and how, because uh, what might happen? You know, you might have an employee who's being harassed and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? And then they know they have an employee oh. handbook and they can look at that and it, you know, would tell them, you know, here's an 800 number or here's a, an email box that is anonymous. Um, you know, so that's what you do. You, you have to document. And it sounds painful. Um, as a lawyer, I love writing. So to me, a policy is not painful, but it's just like it is with um, privacy. Right. And other types of things you're trying to instill in your company. Put it down, take it, put it down to writing. Um, and then everybody will have the same um stepping stones in the same sort of base level of knowledge of what's happening and then you can use that to train 
Got it. And that's what it seems like. If you have the training and then the the handbook, the policies and procedures, that's mm-hmm. going to cover you for new employees, veteran employees, right? Especially if you have that training that comes up every year and people have to sign a form that says that they completed it or, or yes. something like that to acknowledge it. Like just those two things alone are going to help you significantly and uh, solve some problems and also keep you legally protected. Am I, am I, I stating think, that accurately? Yes, I think that's a great point, which is two things. One, um, anytime you have something in writing that you've shared with your employees and you have them sign that they've attended, that's a protection for you, right? That's a protection for the company. That shows, similar again to a privacy policy, it shows to any regulator, any judge, any lawyer that you actually have thought about this and it is a concern, it is a priority of your company. And on the other side, it shows the employees that it's a priority, we care about you, Um, we want you to feel safe. So it does in fact cover um, both the protection of the company and the protection of the employee. Yep. And when I worked at Jamison Publishing Business Solutions Magazine, we were so big on policies and procedures, right, to have standards. And so we just, yeah. you know, everybody knew what P&P was. And we actually had a document that was P&P for writing P&P. So the policies <laughs> and procedures for writing a policy and a procedure. I remember helping out with that. I'm like, well, what guide do we use to write the P&P for P&P? Um, you know, and I think, too, again, writing policies, um, I think that if you can say to your people who are writing the policy, you're not just writing this to go in a book to be filed away. You're doing important work. You're doing important work that affects our company. And so it's not just, you know, oh, I've got to write this policy. This is so painful. You know, think about it as a way in which you're benefiting your company, that you're benefiting your colleagues, that you're benefiting yourself personally one day, Um, and not just a document that you're going to just sort of throw in the drawer. It's where, to use a cliche about the rubber hits the road, but it's where your culture is the rubber that hits the road, right? It's not just what you have up on the wall. It's actually those those policies. And you, you'll, I, hopefully you'll like this because uh, you're an attorney. And so we had our handbook. And so we brought in a new uh, counsel and they went through and read our handbook. And they said, I was surprised to remember this because we actually had a handbook committee that would meet quarterly, the owner and uh, some you know operations folks. And this uh, attorney came in and said, I was surprised that you didn't have a section in your handbook about alcohol consumption at work. And he said, why is that? And the owner said, oh, that's an easy one because we drink at work. Oh, gee. And the attorney was like, what? And But what we got to explain to him was, so A, there was one thing of if somebody made their first sale, they would do shots, right? Mm-hmm. But that'd be it, like one shot. And it was actually like in yeah. the morning, you know, the morning after. <laughs> and so it wasn't like people were driving. But then we also had something we called beer on the lawn and a couple times a year, you know, we would knock off early and we would have, but we actually had policies and procedures. It wasn't just drink until you're blind, right? Like people could have one or two beers and that was it. And, you know, we controlled how many we had there, but it was part of our culture that we actually, again, drank at work and we got known locally as, oh, you're the people who have beer on the lawn, right? Like that became Mm -hmm. a really culture symbol. And somebody talked about, well, we should reduce our legal liability and have ice cream on the lawn. And I remember like, (laughs) not that I'm a big drinker, but I was like defending it, like in terms of there's something different about I knocked off early and had a beer at work as opposed to yes. standing around with a stick, you know, with some ice cream uh, well, on it. Know, so I was going to say, Jim, you know, that just leads me to another point, which is you can't just take a form handbook and slap it and put it on with your company because each of the businesses are different. Right. And in that instance, 
you know, having those couple of events and monitoring them. And, you know, so you couldn't just take some off of the shelf um, handbook for your company because yep. each company is unique and different. And, you know, one of my clients in my early days before going to law school was Sam Adams. And so, you know, we would head to Boston and they had, you know, the room with the taps and they had beer in the conference room. You know, that was the culture of a beer distributing and manufacturing companies. So depending on your entity, you know, you may have different rules and regulations than maybe a company that is doing scientific research. So, you know, it's customizable and it's something that should be thoughtful and not just, oh, we pulled this off the internet, here's our policy and procedure. Yep, yeah, and compliance and training about harassment doesn't mm -hmm. mean, oh, we can't have any fun anymore. We can't joke. I guess we can't joke anymore. Like, that's what right. I hear people, you know, when they no. kind of overreact. And it's like, no, like we're laughing multiple times every yes. day in this environment. But there's just a certain line that you can't cross, right? Like you can have fun with each other, but there's yes. certain areas you just absolutely should stay away from and from a regulatory mm -hmm. standpoint need to stay away from. Yeah. And, you know, I've been going back to my office a couple of days a week. And um, we were just having some hallway talk the other day. There was maybe five or six of us in there and we were just having a good time, you know, just again, talking and getting back to business and seeing one another. And, and then again, there were lots of laughs and it's, and it's fun to be with employees and your coworkers. Um, again, you treat each other with respect and dignity. And um, yeah, so not having to cross a line is not some, a way in which to have fun. I mean, yeah. there were men and women and we just were having a good time. Yeah, and that the training and your policies, procedures make it clear to everybody where where that line is. So, yes. well, for my next question, Jill, I want to ask your advice about how to avoid EEOC claims. I also have a question about data management, but your answer to those questions uh, will be for RSPA members only. So, to receive all the benefits of an RSPA membership, email membership at goRSPA.org. And so, to our listeners, if you're not already a member, or if you are already a member, go to the RSPA website log in and visit the on-demand section of the RSP Academy Accelerate to listen to the remainder of this podcast.